This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. We have a special guest filling in for Rob this week, but before I tell you who that is, I need to kick it over to my colleague, Greg Olson. Greg, take it away. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Without further ado, please welcome back to the show, Brian Specia. Brian, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. This is uh, a little different uh, as I'm now back in Tampa, Florida, not in your parents' basement at the Jersey Shore. Uh, no, and that seems and I actually... I was out for a run today and I had just talked to Rob and uh, he is wife is being induced tomorrow. And I was like, Rob, you can't do a podcast tonight. You got to spend the last night of freedom before that baby comes with your wife. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I got back from the room, I was going to, all right, I'm going to call you and say, look, I need someone to fill in. Do you want to do it? And I was thinking, I was like, that seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. When, what, when was that? Right before you moved down to Florida. Yeah, it was, uh, no, it was right after I did. We were up for, we were oh, up for right. holiday. Uh, it was January, which feels like January 2012 at this point. Um, but super congratulations to the Crane family. And uh, I know you've told me since you had Emma, you and Rachel had Emma, that uh, two is not one. So Two is more than one. Uh, it's actually double. It's legitimately double. It's, it's deli- Godspeed, Godspeed, Rob and family. And uh, wish you all the best. And thanks for letting me fill uh, some big shoes on uh, on a night off. Yeah, no. Uh, good luck, Amy. Good luck, Rob. Looking forward to see what it is. We have – it's a 50-50 shot, right? We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but we'll uh, we'll know tomorrow. I think, so. I, think that's, I think it still works that way. I hope for Rob – actually, not for Rob's sake. I hope for Amy's sake that we find out tomorrow. Tomorrow because I think they're and so I so I warned him I warned him and this is kind of on Rob so he's gonna bite the bullet for this one he kept telling Amy oh you're gonna go early you're gonna go early I was like if that woman doesn't go early you've under delivered now bro so like she's gotta right. be probably pretty angry at him at this point so for his sake right. and everyone's sake hopefully baby crane number two comes out tomorrow 
absolutely. Let's get this uh, over with. Everybody happy, healthy, and uh, and we can all move on to the next stage of watching Rob and Amy have two little ones running around. Yeah, I think our podcast will change. The background noise will change just a bit now that there'll be another baby back in the fold. So uh, we look forward to hearing that. So anyways. I think wait, I think I speak for all the fans when we can say that I think we need expanded video and I want to see Rob walking around with he you know one uh, hanging off his ankle, the other one in his arms while he's on the ear, uh, you know the uh, earbuds Look, uh, doing his show. Whatever we're going to do to exploit our children for the viewership, I'm all in. That's it's that's what it's what it's all about. I've done it a couple yeah, times we, with my kids, so I get it. I was just saying your kids are, are hams to begin with. They would t- they'll soak it up. Exploit your children whatever it takes to gr- to grow the audience. Well, a lot has changed since January. Uh unfortunately unfortunately and fortunately for some things, but in regards to your role, it's probably not what you were expecting to having to deal with over the last now eight months. But here we are. We are in September, uh, which is insane because I think we've all said the day, no. the days, the days are long, but the weeks are quick. The fact that summer is already over and Labor Day is next week is probably hard to wrap my head around at this point. But here we are. So before we dive in uh, to talk about how. USF and Aspire and the NCAA is dealing with this because there's a lot of moving parts, I'd say, would be an understatement. First, let's discuss one of the things that Front Office Features did in the past couple weeks, which was launch the Front front Office Features Fund, which you so kindly, generously donated to. So first off, thank you for that. Absolutely. And we are already halfway past our goal in less than a week, which is awesome. So thank you to everybody out there who has donated, shared it. We've gotten a lot of traction from people sharing it. I need you to open up your pocketbooks a little bit more and put some more money in the coffers. As we've said, this is only going to probably going to continue to be a story in our industry for a while. So however you can help, by all means, please donate. Go to Front Office Features Fund. Search for it on GoFundMe. It's on our social channels. If you can't afford to donate right now, retweet it, post it, share it, email it. Ask your professors, get the word out, whatever you can do. But again, Brian, thank you for your generous donation. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's something that uh, we've always talked about and how much we love our industry and how much we've, we, you know, we've gotten out of our industry. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're all in the same, you know, same boat, same pool. Everybody's always worried about networking and knowing this person and knowing that person and making sure you're in the right ends here and the right ends there to grow your career. Well, fortunately, we're going to go through what hopefully years from now we look back and say, what the heck was that? You know, this is a small blip in the ma- in the big scheme of things, but people need our help right now. Uh, and it's the, uh, you know, the small little things you can do when, when that's the case. Um, and you can't lose sight of what's important. And what's important is even in the smallest way, and I tell this to my staff all the time, you know, even if it's not financially, even in the smallest way, if you can help prop up parts of our industry uh, during this time, I mean, that's what's going to make it, you know, go back to the way we want it to be, which is us going to the office, us going on our business trips, us entertaining people, and obviously us having people in, in stadiums and arenas uh, and selling them out. I mean, without propping up other pieces of this industry, we won't be able to get back to that. And that's, I know, the goal of everybody collectively. Yeah. And, and look, there's obviously a lot of people who listen to this uh, podcast who are younger and even 20 bucks is a lot of money. But if you are somehow in this industry and like to your point of propping people up, if you can donate your time and work with folks and give them advice and and be there for people. And that's what a lot of people just need right now is listeners, right? 
So that literally is something that you can be doing on top of donating your money because sometimes that's even more valuable. But here we are. So please donate if you can. Search the page, whatever you can. Like I said, very thankful for everyone who has. And and hopefully we continue to blow past that goal. Let's talk about- Hey, wait a second. I'm not afraid to say, you know, we need more. We're sales guys. We need more, right? We're not at goal yet. We need more. Way more. Uh, And anyone and anyone, anyone and anything that can help does. And, uh, you know, just that's my message to everybody. uh, So it's not just coming from you that- we need more. Um, you know, uh, minor league baseball needs more. The cause that 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 the uh, the GoFundMe is dedicated to needs more. Uh, and uh, I'm not afraid to say that because that's our job is to ask for money. Yeah, that's that's very true. We do that quite often. <laughs> I wish more people right. would give me money. <laughs> so let's talk about college football, college sports, because you're not yeah. you're not just college yeah. football, NCAA sports. Yeah. You and I stayed very close through when I went through what we'll call it the Thunderdome of whether or not <laughs> Major League Baseball would play or not play. And those were really hard times because there was it was hard to deal with staff. It was hard to deal with sponsors, ticket. You had no answers. No one had any answers. You, you, you couple that with then the NCAA, it becomes even more complicated because you've got conferences – You've got 100 plus, 150 plus schools. You've got presidents of universities. You just throw a lot more people into the system who have a, an opinion or a discussion or, or, or a way to make it work. And then, on, and then on the flip side, you don't have necessarily a union because the college athletes aren't unionized, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Less financial incentive for them to play compared to a professional because they're not going to receive a paycheck. So that's another monkey wrench in this situation. Anyways, long story short, I went through it all. You started to go through it in the past couple, I'd say, month or two now. Yep. Still really. It was I, our turn. <laughs> yeah, it was your turn. Uh, it, I'd still really say, and you probably agree, not anything concrete to this point where you're like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. But let's talk about the process leading up because I think people a behind the scenes peak would be really interested to hear this. So what have you been doing? What has your staff been doing? What has your college been doing? What has Aspire been doing to kind of handle this situation? Yeah, so uh, let's start back, um, and I'll make the timeline fairly quick to get up to get us up to speed. But let's start back in early March when we all shut down from being in the office, and that whole night where the NBA players ran off the uh, off the court, and you know it felt like you know the the meteor was coming, and we were you know needed Ben Affleck to save the day. Um, you know, we pretty much what we did is yeah, no, start singing for me, man. Uh, so anyway, I think that we, you know, the smart thing we did was we had a nice talk with Michael Kelly, our athletic director or VP of athletics at USF, same position. And, you know, he said, listen, I want you to engage all our fans. I want you to engage us, uh, engage them on a daily and weekly basis. So we continue to do that, but he didn't want us to push the sales envelope too much. So it became a lot of touch points, a lot of talking to these people and the good side, the upside for people in our industry and our service reps and our sales reps that are on my teams is they would talk to their clients a lot more than they traditionally would be if we were firing on all cylinders in the office every day and, you know, doing group sales and new business season ticket sales and servicing accounts, 
you don't have that time to talk to people. But now, I, you know, the feedback I got from the reps constantly was that, you know, we were, you know, and have 15 minute conversations, 20 minute conversations. We talk about past USF stuff and upcoming USF stuff. Uh, and the cool thing about it is that, you know, you really got to know your clients. So now in the process, what we're doing, which I'll explain in a minute, um, you know, it's, it's actually coming back to really help us because we have really gotten to know our, especially our football fan base, a lot over the last five, six months. Uh, and I think that's only going to speak volumes for us moving forward. Now that we've gotten up to speed, uh, we have made the conscious decision, um, you know, working with uh, tons of medical health professionals uh, and state and local government uh, down here in Florida to have socially distanced games. Uh, and we're going to have uh, an undisclosed, and it's not announced yet, so I can't say the number, but we're going to have an undisclosed, and it's not a lot, uh, amount of people at the games starting in October, which obviously could change, but right now that's the plan, um, out of the 65-plus thousand seats that are at Raymond James Stadium shared by the NFL Buccaneers. Um, you know, so... It's a little bit different because we only have a handful of games. You know, football season, that's going to – our schedule went from Bethune-Cookman, uh, home to Bethune-Cookman, and uh, home to uh, Nevada after an opening game at Texas. Wipe all that out because of conferences closing down. And now we are um, home to the Citadel uh, where uh, – what is that? The uh, Military Academy. Yep. And then also we are at Notre Dame. Um, so for us, that's a huge deal to be at Notre Dame, uh, USA network on nine nineteen at two thirty in the afternoon, shameless plug. Uh, it's exciting for our fan base cause there is a three game series uh, scheduled, which means we're going to be getting Notre Dame down in Tampa, which is huge because that's a, sell- you know, that's a guaranteed next- sellout. It's a guaranteed without sellout. question. A guaranteed sellout. Not only that, but we our our futures like in, in college football, especially cause we spent a lot of our time doing that. The future schedule is such a big thing and, and putting series together and home and homes together. You know, Michael is such an awesome leader and such a beast of at what he does. We got UF coming in. We got Alabama coming in. We got the Hurricanes coming in. Eventually, I think it's NC State is coming in. Louisville's coming in. Uh, Boise State's coming in. And uh, now you can add Notre Dame to that list. So, well, one thing for you know, sure, when, you're going to have a hell of a high RPI because <laughs> it's the strength of yes, schedule. Yes, we'll have a hell yeah, I mean, it's not all at the same time. It's not all in the same year, so that's what will we'll keep that, that at bay. Would, but I was going to say, that would be the hardest schedule in the history of college football. Yeah, no, it's not all at once. But in, in, in terms of providing top-notch games for our fans, top-notch opponents for our team to play against, which helps Coach Scott and his crew uh, recruit at a, you know the highly talented Florida uh, high schools, um, you know, it really helps – to have these people on our list of futures to come. Uh, and those games are all, you know, games are going to have 65, 67,000 people at them, hopefully post uh, post COVID era, uh, maybe in its own right, but going, getting back to the social distance seating, you know, we're making the conscious decision uh, when it comes to parking and tailgating that's yet to be announced. So I'll, I'll leave out what the decision is. Uh, and then also, you know, it's unlike baseball. You know, you guys went through a lot. It was not fun to watch you guys go through that and and figure out how are we going to play day after day after day after day. And obviously, it's had its 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 big highs and watching you know guys like Mike Trout. And then there's lows with having games being postponed and multiple double headers in a row. And it hasn't really been too. The continuity has been tough and not not too easy for anybody. But you're getting it done, and that's. That's really a big piece of this. We only have a couple games, so it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. It's a little bit of a different thought process. 
we're not going to have games for uh, the game on 9-12 against Citadel. And then obviously we're away at Notre Dame. And then our next home game is until October. And the plan right now is to have uh, X amount of fans at the game. So that could change. But uh, over over the course of 65,000 seats, you can be pretty spread out and still come to games, hopefully safely. We uh, That remains to be seen. Yeah, the Bucks were really good at doing that before COVID anyway. So there's probably a good plan in place. <laughs> but now that they have Tom Brady, that's a little different story. Uh, we'll, we, won't, we won't crap on the Bucks too much. Uh, anyway. So I think for a good a good behind the scenes peek though would be a lot of folks are having angst and anxiety about getting into the business right they're like they graduated they're feeling the pressures from their parents you gotta go get a job they're trying to get into an industry that's clearly hurting right now from a financial standpoint from an employment standpoint the one thing I've been very adamant in my conversations with a lot of younger people has been look. Even if we're in this business right now, it is hard. So you're going to have to have a little bit of patience and a little bit of empathy along the way because we are stressed out of our minds. What we're going through is there's no playbook, right? There's no one teaches you this, how to deal with pandemics. We're not considered rocket scientists. We work in front office sports teams. Like that's not what we, we're not from MIT. (laughs) So what we're dealing with right now and is ever changing by the hour. I I mean, like I said, you and I are texting back and forth every day, what you're getting information, I'm getting information. Your plan has probably changed how many times? Oh man, if I could tell you how many times I revamped it. And now that I finally have some financials tied to the way we're doing uh, tickets this year, I have to now go revamp the entire forecasted projections for revenue, uh, which is something I haven't even done, but the plan has been changed I'm, I would say at least at the bare minimum, the plan has changed at least the the bare bones minimum 50 times. So I mean, it's just nonstop. It's, and so this is what our industry is facing. And it's not, it's not at a granular level. It's at a macro level. Everybody is dealing with this. And you yeah. mean from the Big Ten canceling to now potentially coming back to the Pac-12. I mean, every single hour is something that comes up or something. I mean, I literally just saw, this is 2020 nutshell, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his family have tested positive for COVID-19. So like, wow. it's literally every single second of the day, there's just something thrown at you of what you're trying to deal with. What we have done, I think now as an industry very well is persevere, get creative, move forward and, and, and try and make the best of it. But if you're younger, you're going to have to play the patient waiting game. Like you're, you're just trying to survive at this point. Like, right? Everyone at this point is hanging on, trying to make it work that we can get through this and come out better for it. But currently, it's not all rosy. No, I mean there's a there's a there's a huge learning curve to this. Like you said, there is no playbook, but even more than that, there's no um, pretense to this. There's no precursor. There's no previous, even a dabble in this section. Like for instance, you know, I was with the NHL in, let's just use 2012 as a reference for the half season lockout. You know, they had already done this once before you had seen a strike in other sports. Uh, so there was a little bit of a playbook on what to do with your front office and your staff. Um, this is just so incredibly unique and different. And ultimately, Chris, this isn't something that like we're really, I mean, I don't want to say cut out, but cut out to do. This is a medical thing and not, you know, for us to figure out. And unfortunately for our fan bases across the country, 
we don't have a lot of answers in the in that realm. We're working with medical health professionals, but you know, I've learned a lot about medicine in this uh, last six months by working with them, and they stress that this is all trial and error. There's a lot of practice medicine talk, uh, and you know, nothing is 100% ever guaranteed. So we get a lot of questions, and you get a lot of sometimes impatient fans that, and rightfully so, but they want to know like, what is the deal? Uh, and sometimes we just don't have answers and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And for instance, uh, you know, for us here in Tampa, we share the building with the, the Bucks. Uh, the building's run by TSA, um, the, the Tampa Sports Authority. So, you know, there's a lot of people with input who are asking questions of these medical health professionals who are asking questions of these uh, politicians that run the state and local governments. Uh, I mean, it's just so unique and so many variables thrown into the pot that never existed before. This isn't really a sports thing. We're kind of the second decision makers after the main decision makers, which is probably the government and medical. So what else has your staff been doing? Like, So that's a great point in terms of we're not typically, this isn't typically how we operate. And they did a great job with networking. And I think that's awesome that they got to know their clients because there's some silver linings that have come from this, right? We've got, we're going to be better. We're going to be more agile. We're going to be more creative when this is all said and done. But what mm-hmm. else have you guys done with them? They're obviously, it was hard to be picking up the phone and making a ton of cold calls and saying, hey, come to our games that may or may not happen. Or like, yeah. where can we sit you? So what have they been doing in the meantime to better themselves? Yeah, well, fortunately, you know, this is where Aspire really steps up and, and is something special in our industry. Uh, lots of training, uh, lots of sharpening skills. We've had, uh, we had a best practice summit earlier in the year where I spoke, uh, you know, at length on different leadership, um, and, and how to, you know, uh, apply different leadership skills, uh, and use, you know, various examples. We've been doing a lot of, uh, internal training with just our staff, but then also across all the Aspire communities, uh, both, uh, they call them, uh, fan relationship management. Um, and it's, it's the big ones and the little ones working together to, to come up with the best way to go about your business across the country. Uh, and that's what's beautiful about um, Aspire giving you that platform. So we have another summit coming up uh, at the end of September, early October. Uh, and, you know, it's really helped a lot of my young staff learn a lot, kind of like take a pause on the industry as we know it from the hustle and bustle every single day. And then, and, you know, get learn a lot in that meantime uh, and hopefully bring it back to uh, apply it once we get up and running again. Yeah, that's one of the things that sometimes gets left by the wayside, right? We, we hire these time, right? We hire these people like right out of college and kind of they get their quasi training and throw their feet to the fire where this this having them go through a training program and learn from people have that ability to cr- like craft their skill will probably in the long run be beneficial to them as long as they were taking it seriously because it's it's so much typical of like hey we're gonna hire 25 inside salespeople the the best the cream will rise to the top and everyone else is like out of luck right so like but having now more background more training hearing from the the skilled people in the industry has got to have been beneficial like what has the feedback been from your staff in regards to the training I mean, they love it. Uh, you know, there's so many things that we can actually plan out and train on that isn't just, you know, this is how you talk through a sales process. This is how you talk through a phone, you know, a, an introductory phone call or a B2B call. You can actually plan out training sessions on a lot of different things uh, and go over it with them. And for somebody, you know, I take one of our service, uh, our service reps, 
uh, who started and a couple months later, you know, we're, we're going into this COVID quarantine time. Um, you know, they, they're really getting the hang of the, the beginning of their job. And next thing you know, they're not in the office every day. So it's a huge adjustment. And, um, you know, she's taken this uh, valuable time to soak up as much as possible. And I'm sure she'd love to start practicing and applying all this stuff. Uh, and that's where, you know, somebody like myself steps in and says like, hey, let's just keep you know, soaking up training and soaking up the different things that you're being taught in this time. Also too, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time. So the adjustment period from the amount of hustle and bustle that we're used to and the hustle and the, you know, the pace that we're used to working at, it might be a little bit more difficult to, to, to change versus somebody who's new, who's learning all this stuff right off the bat. It might, might help them a lot longer, uh, you know, a lot more in the long run. So we were talking about before we hit the record button, networking and you said you wanted to touch on networking and how important it has been for you during this time but other what other people could be doing given that i mean like as all of us have said no one is safe in this current situation right because you just don't know but what have you what's your view on how people could effectively be networking right now with people in the industry or people who might unfortunately be on the outside looking in yeah, and so networking is so huge, and I actually I'm, I'm gonna while I, I discuss this pull up a you know a post that I had shared. It, it says in the post that we shared it, but it's really um, you know really done a lot for people uh, to reach out to me, and I've had a lot of phone calls over the last couple of weeks. It says I'm gonna read it to you. If you've recently been laid off or furloughed, and we've worked together in the past. Don't hesitate to get in touch and let me know how I can help you. Can I put you in touch with a contact of mine? Can I write a LinkedIn recommendation for you? You need a pick-me-up conversation. And then at the bottom, it says, I copied this post from a, a connection of my own, and I encourage others to copy it from me. We are a community, and I'm happy to do my part to support you and this industry. Hashtag pay it forward. And it's really gotten a lot of, you know, I have over 3,000 views on that post uh, it's gotten a lot of uh, feedback and I get a lot of inbox messages now from especially the younger side of um, the industry saying like, oh man, I just want to reach out and talk to you about, you know, what you're doing. And we can give them that kind of advice that front office features talks about all the time. Somebody like you, somebody like me, somebody like, you know, Rob talk about on, on the regular about how we can teach them how to get navigate this if they don't necessarily know. Uh, I've gotten a lot of emails from uh, people who are finishing up internships and then COVID hit. Uh, so they didn't get to step right into a job, you know, from an internship where they were act actively practicing. Um, you know, so it's so important to reach out to people. Uh, I've taught people, you know, I have my mentors that we discussed on the last time I was on here. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we teach so many people younger than us to make sure that you lean on the people that have brought you to where you are today. And, and utilizing those people is so important. Fortunately for, you know, people like you and I, we have them all across the different platforms and the different leagues at various levels, different departments within teams. Uh, so there's a lot of talk about who's doing what, and where they're doing it, and, you know, what's going on with your business, what's going on with our business. Uh, and we have to make sure as industry veterans, and this is my message to all the other industry veterans listening to this is, you know, make sure that you're conveying that message to the younger folks, because those are the people behind us and those are the people who are we're going to continue this industry, you know, as we get, as we go into the, you know, second half of our career. Love it. Love it. Everybody, you heard it. Reach out to Brian. He'll talk to you. His, his <laughs> inbox is open. So again, I've never been known. I've never been known to be quiet. So my inbox is open and definitely uh, shoot me a note. I got a question. Sure. Have you ever used DoorDash? 
Have I ever used DoorDash? That is like Uber Eats, right? Well, we don't want to give, we don't want to plug their competitors, but yes. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not, but that's the same industry, right? Same, same platform. Correct. Like, yeah. I'll take that as a, yeah. I'll take the yes. No, I've never used, I've never used one of those in any capacity, but I'm sure DoorDash is the best one. Well, you've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. I've used DoorDash. So Rachel and I used DoorDash for the first time ever during COVID. We, there was a burger joint, uh, a dive bar here in Massachusetts that has like the best wings and the best burgers around. And okay. it was never a place you could ever get delivery from because it's literally a dive bar. And when COVID first, this is probably back in a, when we first got comfortable ordering food, June-ish. I'm telling you, when I was able to go on DoorDash and get a Dudley Chateau cheeseburger and wings delivered to my door. I was like, I never have to leave quarantine ever again. I'm, I'm literally good. So like, I, 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 that was my, the epitome for when I was like, all right, lock me in my basement. Good to go. But while there are dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. I can attest because like I said, wings and burger, nothing better. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. And your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app. Select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way. If someone could deliver me cheesecake right now too, that would be fantastic because I have not eaten dinner. So I would be very appreciative if someone could deliver me cheesecake right now. You know, I just told you I'd never use one of those platforms and I'm sold. All I have to do is open the app and press the button on the restaurant that I want and they'll deliver to my house. Here's <laughs> I was like, why have I not done this? <laughs> right now, our listeners and our host, you, can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your... Your and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So I think you've sold, Brian, to now go download DoorDash. I'm doing it right now. $5 off and zero delivery fees. I actually... So it is... It is I'm doing it right now. So literally. literally drop it off at your front door. You don't have to talk to anybody. You tip right through the app. Good to go. See you later. Awesome experience. Very highly recommend DoorDash. There you go. You don't. Even, what do they call that? Uh, distance delivery, where they don't have to come to the door exactly. and you open your door. Contactless Amazing. delivery. Amazing. I'm sure there's plenty of local restaurants down in Tampa that you can hit up and use your DoorDash for. So make sure you use promo code Blue Wire when you do it. I've seen DoorDash in all the restaurants that I've I've picked up from because they have the different tables where like their driver picks up from. And I've seen DoorDash in almost all of them, so I'm sure there's stay, some of my favorites. You can stay home and not even have to leave your house. So yeah, why, why am I doing the work? <laughs> save your gas? I do. I have enough work. Save yeah, your gas save my gas money. Covidville. Um, <laughs> you know what else is coming back? And this, we can we this could this could take us another 25 minutes, half hour, to talk about this. What do we think? What do we think about our Giants? What do we think? Oh goodness! Um, are, we getting, are we buying into the hype train right now? Or are we getting a little too cocky, confident? Like where 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 are we at here? I am far from cocky. I am I am ca- opti- uh, What do they call that? They say that I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic. optimistic. Yeah. Yes. And why I'm that is because of the coach. 
I think this is the best coach hire we've had in a long time. I love the culture he's bringing, everything they're showing about him. He's a no-nonsense guy. But, you know, you think like, you know, you hear people say stuff about, you know, the players not wanting to buy into that. But then you hear the players like Saquon, who's already a leader in his third, going into his third season. You know, he's talking about how, like, you know, this coach is legit and he, everybody's on the same message. They prepare you for all the different things um, that you're going to hear throughout practice and throughout game situations. So I'm loving the new coach. Uh, obviously, we want it to translate in Ws, uh, which we haven't had many of the, the last few years, but extremely confident in the new coach and the new staff. You guys, you have guys like Logan Ryan, uh, you know, wasn't signed, comes to our team, uh, and he's pumped. Up. He, he main, main reason why he picked that was because of the coaching staff. I know that he's connected to Jersey and from there, and he's coming home in a way, um, but he, he loves the coaches there. He loves the D coordinator, and he loves Joe Judge. Uh, and hopefully more good players follow him and we can, we can write the ship because, I mean, we've seen a lot of giant success in our lifetime and we know what that bread and butter of that team is. It's it's clutch offensive play, but a dominant defense. And I'm so upset we lost Xavier already for the season. That stinks. That stinks. I know. So pumped about him. He'll be back. He's fine. He's young. He's good. But here's, here's, here's the thing. You live in Tampa. I live in Massachusetts. I... Most of the time, have Patriots football on. You're 100 never going to have a Giants game on unless it's national TV because of Tampa and the NFC. But here's the good news, especially now. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back. Not that they ever left because Sundays happen without football, but they're back in the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fancy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite team and favorite players. I'll say this. I I would be more inclined this year to invest dollars into watching the Giants because for the past couple of years, I couldn't justify it because I didn't want to be angry. So <laughs> I would be more inclined today sign up for Sunday Ticket. Uh, so no matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. And again, it hasn't been that way for me for the Giants for a long time. Use the promo code... Yeah. Blue Wire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So, Brian, you have homework. You need to go get some DoorDash and some DirecTV so you can have some wings while eating our Giants, watching our Giants, eating our Giants, watching our Giants on Sundays. This year, probably win more than three games. So, we're everything's looking up. 2020 is on the way up. Yeah, or on the way out yeah. and uh, bring on 2021. I, Maybe we'll be in the playoffs by 2021. I, some people are picking them for the playoffs. Who knows? Daniel Jones, a little beefed up, a little beefcake now. We'll see. We'll see. Danny I, Dimes. So I think I, we're, we play the Steelers week one, right? Yeah, I think it's Monday Night Football also. Rob's a Steelers fan, so that'll be an interesting week one bet. Oh, I'm not confident. I'm not, I'm not really willing to risk too much on this team yet. I mean – I mean, Ben hasn't thrown a Ben hasn't thrown a pass in like what year and a half. But he's like he's like a gorilla. He's he's gigantic. There's like I feel like that guy's unbreakable. He's just a massive human being. People jump. I know he is gigantic. So yeah, so we uh, Sundays are coming back. Football is going to play NFL as of now. Playing most teams, no fans uh, as of current state, but that could always change. I know our our friends up here in New England, the state told them no go. They just like they told us no go, but. It's a moving yeah, target. announced today, first two games, no fans. Which is more in line with your October time frame. Mm-hmm. So what else is going on, buddy? What is going on down in Tampa? How are we doing? Uh, 
yeah, I mean, we're, we're good. You know, it's just, it's, listen, it's, it's simple. You just have to find new things to do right now. Um, you know, stay as much engaged in sports. You know, I've been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs from their two extremely successful bubbles in Toronto and in, uh, and in Edmonton. Um, so it's been fun to watch that. I think, uh, you know, for all the things that you're given to work with, I know that the staff at the NHL has worked tirelessly and endlessly to put on games for fans because, you know, even though you can't go, it's still fun. Obviously, Bolts Nation is very proud in Tampa. Um, you know, my my uh, my former employer, uh, and they still have the following that they had when I left a few years ago. Uh, so people are having fun with that during the Eastern Conference Finals, and then uh, also, uh, you know, when the NBA is uh, trucking right along in their in their own bubble in the wide world of sports at Disney. So I think fan I think fans are excited. The games are on. If you love basketball, you get to watch it. If you love hockey, you get to watch it. If you love baseball, you get to watch it. Uh, and uh, now college football and the NFL are going to start, and I think people will be able to, as long as they stay safe, and if, you know, if instead of going to a bar or something, you go to your friend's house or go to a friend of the family's house, as long as you stay safe uh, in between those moments and wear your mask like we always talk about, you know, it's like the, the easily, easiest thing to do right now, even if it is an inconvenience. Um, I think you're going to have a fun fall. I think you'll be able to watch games, and um, at least it's some, somewhat of a distraction from, you know, COVID, 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 because they were here all day long. So, Yeah, and the other news that we talked about right before this, which is a little bit more positive, was the uh, his airness joined my former employer, DraftKings, as a huge fan of this move. Special advisor, Michael Love Jordan, it. no longer in the shadows with his gambling, <laughs> coming out Love full it. circle, saying, right. I'm going to join on board. And this was actually – so this was a bigger deal than – people would even realize due to the fact that Jordan and people, I think sometimes forget is an NBA owner. So the NBA yes. had to be okay and approve that an NBA owner would then join the board of a gambling company. So it's amazing how far we've come as a society and as a country when sports gambling was not legal, what, two and a half years ago, other than going to game. Uh, yeah. Like DraftKings and, um, you know, other play, other other platforms got got a hard time from you know like federal and state yeah, governments. It was like, oh, it's gambling, blah blah blah. Yeah, everyone pretended like they cared, even though everyone was gambling any day, every day anyway. To now, we have massive sponsorships, massive media deals. Michael Jordan on the board as an advisor to the board of directors of the one of the biggest gambling companies in the world now. Unbelievable. So his airness. Probably fulfilling his destiny of joining a gambling company because <laughs> from that documentary, he is not a shy gambler. I mean, I can't be more excited. I don't gamble at all, uh, and I especially don't gamble for a number of reasons on sports. Um, well, yeah, well, that's that's probably a, a good thing. You know? A smart idea, right? But uh, I am an investor into DraftKings. Obviously, you know, you working there and and, and you having connections there. Uh, you know, with uh, being on the marketing and business side of things, I did, uh, you know, let me, did not give you any tips on whether to invest in them or not. We will tell that right now to the SEC in case you're listening. No, I, I you know, I did that one because, you know, you used to work there. Yeah, you texted me and said, hey, I, I invested in drafting. So I was like, oh, congrats. I had no idea. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan from how they how, how they conduct their business. And an example of that is bringing on Michael Jordan. I mean, the guy is the most revered U.S. athlete alive right now, uh, still. 
uh, even this many years after retirement. I know he's an owner, but he's one of one of except for recently when he stepped up when he had to. Uh, he's not one of the more out things. He's not, not like a Mark Cuban, you know, where he's just out, you know, on, on TV shows and other stuff. Uh, I think this is a huge deal for DraftKings. Uh, I think it's great for sports fans because everybody loves MJ. Everybody likes to be like Mike, you know, back in the day. Uh, and uh, you know, the, the young just folks, he, the folks he just doesn't miss. It. They don't get it right. They don't know. Like, listen, I'm not going to get into who's better on the court, LeBron versus MJ. Cause <laughs> quite frankly, I don't care, but, there is nobody ever in our no. lifetime that marketing that nope. transcended. It nope. didn't matter who you, unless you were probably a Knicks fan, it didn't matter. Like MJ I grew up with one. <laughs> was the guy and everybody wanted to be like Mike. Everyone loved Mike. He, and this was before social media. This was like, this guy essentially took sports marketing and sponsorship to the next level and there is no LeBron without Michael Jordan. Let's put it that way. From a marketing standpoint, again, on the court, I don't care. You got people can argue who's got a better jump. I really don't care. From a business side of things, Michael Jordan is will forever. Like, like here's what I think. Like, I think LeBron will retire and be a really good businessman, but I don't think he'll ever have the mystique or the aura that Michael Jordan does because he's just like a once in a sport generation type athlete. I mean, Michael Jordan has a logo. As as great as LeBron is at basketball, and he's the best of his generation, arguably the second best, greatest of all time. Uh, he doesn't have a logo, and that logo adds to that aura. That you mysterious. Know, you know it right away. Like you see the air, like you see the Air Jordan logo, and you're like, "That's Jordan." Like yep, immediately every time. So let's talk two quick things on the Jordan piece because I love talk. I love this right now. Um, one. Think about the amount of marketing dollars, since you're you're big on the on the marketing side uh, with your partnerships. Think about the marketing dollars that have gone to athletes post Michael Jordan making that a thing. Yeah, well, I talk about that that amount of money. A history lesson. Uh, it actually started. You know who the 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 first big athlete endorsement person was, and where who it all started with. Uh, I did know this. I'm going to draw a blank. So for time's sake, who was it? Arnold Palmer. So Mark McCormick. Mark McCormick. Well, no, not the drink. It eventually became it. Oh. But Mark McCormick, who founded IMG, was pretty much the pioneer in the sports marketing endorsement world and started with Arnold Palmer. And Arnold Palmer was like a big time endorser. Now, obviously – television and, and radio was pretty much all you had back then. And it was very different, obviously scale right. like, to the point, but that's who the essentially launched IMG was on the back of Arnold Palmer. The reason I know all this is because I went to the McCormick uh, sports management class it, at UMass was the, the name of the freaking program, but Mark McCormick and IMG launched that. Uh, if, but Michael Jordan took it to a global level never seen before. Oh yeah, China, whole nother level. Asia, movies, shoes, like it just. Every kid had a poster of Michael Jordan on their wall. He, the Bulls, was everyone's favorite team. Everyone was a front runner. It was okay. Literally, everyone wore yeah. Bulls hats, starter jackets because of MJ. Yeah, and that, did you watch the documentary? I did watch the documentary. It was amazing. It, 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 it like brought back so many like memories and, and then stuff behind the scenes that like now that we live in, it makes it so like crazy to think about that stuff was going on at the time with literally the greatest athlete of our generation. 
that he even dealt with all that stuff. Like it's just like no one's immune to it, I guess. But yeah, Michael Jordan has made he made he made Tiger Woods all the money he did because Michael Jordan mm-hmm. came first. And the other piece I wanted to ask you, favorite Michael Jordan promo ad campaign. Oh, Bird versus Magic. Oh, you got it. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Oh, totally. That's uh, when, exactly what I was gonna say. McDonald's Bird versus Magic when they're doing the, the playing horse the playing off the building. Horse. Yeah, off the building, off the blimp, around the corner, down the street, <laughs> over the arena, nothing but net. Well, what it did was it 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 humanized him a little bit more in terms of making more of his personality. And like even Larry Bird was always known as kind of like a curmudgeon-y type guy where they made them joking. And I think it, <laughs> no. it – do you remember the Jordan versus Bird video game? One-on-one, absolutely. Did the windmill with Jordan all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and Larry Bird would just drain threes from the outside. But yeah. That game, that game that you look back at the graphics are terrible, but it was an awesome game at the time. But yeah, <laughs> Michael Jordan started, she started, he, he started the boom and like our business and sports sponsorships and all that stuff all came to fruition because of him. If you go back and watch late eighties, early nineties game footage, there's not mm-hmm. signage in any stadium really. Even no, nope. when was the when did the like the NHL even start putting logos on the ice and dashboards early nineties? Yeah, it was early. It was early '90s, probably, because I remember games as a kid, and there was nothing on it. I mean, there was also, you know, the, you didn't have the digital, you didn't have the on ice, you didn't have the, you just have like a little logo in the middle of the arena on who's the home team. And like the, Jordan and Nike just changed it all, and, and then you saw McDonald's get into it, and you saw like uh, Gatorade get into it. Like he built those brands on his own back. Like he, he should be worth zillions of dollars. Like those brands don't exist without Michael Jordan. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is that even though he is a modern day athlete, you know, like compared to like, obviously you say Babe Ruth, but like, even though Michael Jordan's a modern day athlete, this guy, I would just love to know if we could just transport the world into a time where Michael Jordan was what he was then now and see what kind of numbers that would look like. Because, you know, like there's not a marketable player like him now i mean there i don't know if there ever will be i mean if somebody transcends something on the level of what he transcend um you know marketing and sports and and being a brand it's just i mean we all everybody strives to make their brand as as big as it possibly can and the guy's just a walking well i think the only guy that in our generation that did it and was doing it until he hit a big roadblock was tiger yes Tiger, tiger and again, young people don't remember this either. Like, it's so funny to talk to. I forget this. Like, people like in their young twenties don't remember Tiger Woods and the nope. dominant that he. Like, it was Sunday, and you're like, Tiger's gonna win. Tiger's gonna win. Tiger's gonna win. Like Red Sunday. Red Tiger. shirt Sunday. Yeah. Red shirt Sunday. Game over. He was on the prowl, and he mentally just broke people down. But his marketing capabilities, the TW, and every like, especially a global perspective, he transcended kind of like Jordan did like people were watching no one watched golf like they did when till Tiger came around like like moms would be like oh golf's on every single person would be around the television to watch Tiger finish and close somebody out it was crazy like how much golf exploded and how much all these guys make now is because of Tiger and you know Tiger Woods is the guy who was a golfer, but as cool as a movie star and an NBA star. He had, he had that, it was he had like, aura, right? You didn't, he was mysterious. You didn't know right. about him. He was kind of like this guy that he was a, 
he was a phenom that you just didn't know enough about. And then when the stories all broke, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you're a human like the rest of us. Uh, that, yeah, that, you're crazy. That, broke his aura. Yeah. that literally took away his aura. And I think that's, you know, that was the big, it was the downfall. Yeah. You look at somebody like Kobe Bryant, you know, who we, we both loved as a, a player and athlete and everything. And it's like, you, you, you know about Kobe Bryant and you're like, oh, he's an NBA superstar and legend. It's like, okay, that fits in the NBA. Right. But then like Tiger Woods was very similar on that level to Kobe Bryant, but he played golf and it just kind of set himself apart from all the other athletes, even in the other sports, because it was like, here comes this total rock star, Hollywood swagger, but he was so good at golf at the same time. And it was like, wow, who is it? like, you know, Jack and Arnie were awesome back in the day, but they were pretty much by the book. And then you had, you know, Tiger Woods was just never, the yeah, dominant, dominant Arnie, movie star golfer. Jack and Arnie had each other from like the rivalry. Tiger really just kicked everyone's ass. Like Mickelson came around later, pretty much. but it wasn't ever the same. And Mickelson didn't win till way yeah. later. And Phil even says the Phil's rich because of Tiger. Like all the purses yep. and all the and all the matches went way much up more because of right. Tiger. Yep, yeah, dollars. I'll give you an example of that Valspar here in Tampa, which is a great event every year uh, at a TPC uh, in Tampa. And one year it was like sales were good, attendance was going to be good, the field was good, and then you know how Tiger's in and out of these things right now. And then he announced like three weeks before the event that he was going to be playing in it. And next thing you know, they needed 10 more parking lots for people and thousands of more tickets and way more ad dollars come in. The purse turns from X number to Y number. And it just, I mean, him just saying, I'm going to play in Valspar in the Valspar open as a, as a, you know, as a participant and boom, next, you know, whole things, it's an entirely different tournament. One thing, one last thing about golf. So Brad Faxon was our guest speaker, um, two two weeks ago now so we have an fsm business update regularly and we've been having just guest speakers from all over the industry come in oh and brad was telling the stories of how he's been talking to a lot of the golfers with the current situation so as you just mentioned tiger is so used to a massive gallery just following him around right like he's on the course everyone's following him <laughs> i can't imagine doing that and now all these guys who are the bigger names are walking around with nobody and they said it's really been a tricky thing for them mentally Be- i believe it. the guys who aren't big guys literally have nobody following them around which is like oh this is normal but when you're like a, a spieth or a thomas or a mickelson like you have a huge huge gallery just walking down the course with you the whole entire time you play with covid there's nobody there like they're just literally out on the island by themselves so it's been a tricky mental adjustment for them which i never even thought about which is the same thing the hockey players kind of talk about, right? Like the intent, there's no home ice advantage. Hockey. Players. I know your, your road games now are just wearing a different uniform that's at it. the moment. That's it. And that, that hockey playoffs and NBA playoffs have a distinct home ice advantage. I mean, the fans are insane. The emotion, the rabidness, the craziness, like you take that away as a player that, that those things do matter. And I think fans sometimes forget that. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And you know, talk about adjustments that just shows you that, you know, we're making adjustments on the fly every day. Uh, they're making adjustments that, you know, the, uh, the athletes, depending on the sport. Um, and uh, it, I, I'm excited for football. I really hope it goes well. I'm, I'm glad that they had uh, that they they're going to you know push forward because where I, as you know, you and I talk about the safety of all this stuff a lot. Uh, I obviously it's still important to us that we attempt extremely hard to, uh, you know, try to make these events happen because fans do love this stuff. 
Um, and we all want it to work out for everybody. So, you know, big, huge thank you from, uh, for, from all the, you know, to all the athletes that are still forging ahead during COVID. I love baseball, uh, putting all the cardboard cutouts in the fan in the stands. I think it's amazing. The Kansas City Royals had Bernie Lomax from weekend at Bernie's. I thought that was <laughs> absolutely ridiculously awesome. Um, you know, but that's cool. Like you're getting a little bit of a taste and they're trying to make the most of it, right? Baseball is trying to make the most of the fact that they're playing all these games in an abbreviated season and no fans in the building. Mike Trout doesn't want to play in front of nobody. He wants fans to be there. That's part of his family. You ever see him like throw the ball, you know, during warmups with a kid in center field? Like you don't get to do that right now. And that, baseball is the ultimate still be a kid sport. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right on the nail the head on the head is the, the athletes definitely want these fans there because it definitely provides them the energy. Like baseball is a long season and to sure. be playing in front of nobody for even an abbreviated one yeah. to be playing in front of nobody for three months is tough. It really is. Oh, I'm getting, mm-hmm. I'm getting the, the eyes from the wife. I need to go help. <laughs> uh, I have to help. Bedtime. No, I have to help paint the finish painting our porches we're getting new carpet tomorrow and we have to we just ripped up the old carpet and i have to okay the bottom last piece for where the carpet will go before this is a very long way to say that i need to go paint (laughs) so you guys missed the boat here though on something you've been doing so many projects at home that there's where's the tv cameras the you know rachel and chris do redo redo natick or something like that the diy live from natick to edwards road you guys always have something going on it's like if you ever don't if your career in sports is ever over you can get into construction apparently home remodeling home remodeling after you finish your house and it's 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 done being built if you need any projects to be consistently worked on just hire my wife to come (laughs) down and she'll find them for you (laughs) good foreman she's a great foreman Woman. She stares down here and again <laughs> gives me the eyes. Uh, yep. Well, thank you for filling in for Rob. Appreciate thank you in a pinch jumping in from the bullpen. Uh, Absolutely. This has been fun. Uh, like I said, it, well, the last time it wouldn't have been the last time you've been on here, and you'll probably be on again. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows how many late night feedings Rob will be doing where he can't even keep his eyes open? So you might be up. You might be getting <laughs> a call more than once in the next couple months, but. I'm trying. I'm going to do my best to be uh, Rick Vaughn out of the bullpen. Yeah. Well, stay safe. Appreciate it again. Thank you, you too. One should reach yep. out to Brian, and he admitted that he will accept your inbox. So use Absolutely. it for it. How how can they reach you besides LinkedIn? Uh, they can email me at Brian Specia, all one word, at usf.edu. Um, the school issues the uh, email addresses. Uh, and that's the best way. LinkedIn, uh, Brian Specia, and uh, Brian Specia at usf.edu. Everybody, donate, donate, donate. See you next week. Bye-bye.